What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we wanna remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. Get into what God has for us on today. I am excited about this information. I pray that it blesses you hearing it as much as it blessed me studying. We are on part three of last words. And again, a lot of people uh, only think about Jesus' last words when he was on the cross. But those weren't his last words. How I many know he got off of the cross, rose from the grave, and said, there's some important things I need to share with my disciples before my final ascension. And we're in that period right now uh, of that 40 days or six weeks between his resurrection and his final ascension where he came back. And he made certain statements, and he said certain things to important people. And we're going to look at the third thing that he said today. Let's read our foundation text in Acts chapter 1, beginning at verses 1 through 3. Online, you can follow along. Of course, the Version Bible app. We also have our church online platform. All of the notes are right there. I'll give you all more information that are in, in those notes. So I encourage you to add your notes to those notes because the Holy Spirit will always tell you more than what my mouth is actually saying. Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says, The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, and again, that means raptured, his final ascension, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also pre presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible or undeniable proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And so today, I want to look at the first statement he made to his disciples between his resurrection and his ascension. And we're going to look at John's account of that. So let's all look at John chapter 20, and we're going to read verses 19 through 23. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And of course, this is one point today, uh, expository style of sermon. And then all of the points will be developed underneath that one point. So the one point is point number three, which is the first statement Jesus made to them was peace be with you. And then all of the sub points are lettered up underneath that if you're following along with the outline. So the first statement Jesus made to the disciples was peace be with you. So let's understand the stage. These guys are locked in a room for fear of their lives. They are hiding behind a door. And let's not forget these are human beings. They just watched Jesus get beat to a pulp, and in their mind, he is dead. Now, let's think this all the way through. Don't you think they are in this room fearing that since they were his followers, the Jews are probably coming to get them to do the same thing to them that they did to Jesus? And so before we act all brave and talk about what we would have done in that situation, you know, a lot of us have just seen somebody get beat up and said, we didn't want any parts of that. Raise your hand if you've ever, right? Now, we're not talking about somebody getting scourged and beat with a cat of nine tails, right? So these guys are fearing for their life. 
The resurrection Savior comes back, and the first word that comes out of his mouth to them is peace be with you. Notice, peace be with you. Peace be with you. What I submit to you today is that what entered into that room was peace. And what Jesus is literally saying to them is that because I am with you, then peace is with you. Peace here is a Greek word, irony, and it literally means prosperity, quietness. It means rest, and it means to be set at one again. So these guys are confused discombobulated, and what Jesus comes in and speaks to them is, I want you all to quiet down. Be at rest. I want to set you at one again. I want everything to be whole in your life. Fellas, I came to tell you that everything is okay. Now, today in your life, Jesus literally can go where nowhere else, no one else can go. I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care where you've missed it. I mean, Jesus has the ability to find you where you are. And there's nothing you've ever done that he doesn't want to come into that situation and tell you peace is with you. Nothing you've ever done. Peace is not found, folks, in the absence of trials. Peace is actually found in the midst of them. A lot of times we think we get saved and everything's going to be all right, but sometimes it's the direct opposite. You get saved and all hell breaks loose. Do I have any witnesses in here today? Right? You're doing all the right things and everything is going awry around you. And all he's saying here today, folks, is you won't even know how deep and how great my peace is until you get in your greatest trial. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Folks, true peace is a person, and his name is Jesus. A lot of times we're looking for peace in a relationship. You'll never find it. A lot of times we're looking for peace in our families. A lot of times we're looking for peace on our jobs, peace where our financial security is concerned. Folks, I came to tell you today that peace is a person, and his name is Jesus. And when you have Jesus, regardless of what's going on in your marriage, with your family, on your job, with people, you can still have peace. I think I need a little better amen than that in this building this morning. And so what you'll find is when these other things take your peace, it's because your trust has been misplaced. Never give anyone that kind of power or authority in your life where their actions can cause you to lose your peace. There are three levels to peace. Remember, peace is a person, and what's his name? Peace is a person, and what's his name? Come on, let all of Powder Springs know. Type it in online. Peace is a person, and what's his name? I've been to a lot of football games that were a lot louder than that. (laughs) Over a team that's not going to give them any peace. (laughs) Them scoring a touchdown is not getting ready to change your life. I just want to try that one more time. Peace is a person, and his name is what? Jesus. There are three levels to this peace here. Number one, there's vertical peace. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We'll read out of the Passion Translation. There's vertical peace. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. Somebody say, I'm flawless in his eyes. How many know you're not flawless in your eyes? That's why we spend so much time. Hello, somebody. Right? Trying to present flawless. And no matter how hard we try, we can't do it. We're flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. Why? 
All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Folks, he has given us peace with the Father through his death, burial, and resurrection. And we can have that peace throughout eternally. And in his eyes, no matter what you've done, you are flawless because he's not dealing with you based off of what you've done. He's only dealing with you based off of what his son did. So stop beating yourself up when the Father God is not beating you up. He sees you the way he sees his son. And that should make your heart glad. That should always let you know that regardless of what you've done, the Father is always all right with you with arms wide open just waiting on you to return back to him and you will always be flawless in his eye. Let, let's think about this as parents. How many of our kids do dumb things? But to us, guess what? They are flawless. Still our babies, right? We still see the best in them regardless of what they do. Now, if we as natural parents know how to do that, how much more our heavenly father? We never stop believing that they're going to be everything that God wants them to be. God, your father, is the exact same way. Number two, there's horizontal peace. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, from the Passion Translation, reads this way. Our reconciling peace is who? Our reconciling peace is who? He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal with our union with Christ. So now we have peace above. We have peace with Christ. We have peace with God. We have peace with Christ. But notice what he said there. He did that so that we could all become one. And he broke down every form of prejudice. Folks, you cannot eradicate racism without Jesus. I need a little better amen in that. You can, you can do all the stuff you want to do, but it cannot be done apart from Jesus. And, folks, I came to tell you that has to start at the church, not out in the world. Linked Up Church has to do things differently. We have to make a series of hires over the summer, and we need to be intentional about those hires. We need to hire people that don't look like us. One amen, I think I heard it faint over here. And so you're going to see that, folks. You're going to see linked up church hire people that don't look like you. So that we can make the church look like heaven. I mean, it's not all black church in heaven. It's not all white section in heaven. Come on, it's not all Hispanic church in heaven. Everyone in heaven is one. We need to start practicing that down here on earth. I don't want to awe anything. I like diversity. I said I like diversity. God loves diversity. Then there's something called internal peace. Media apartment, get Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 ready for me as well out of the Amplified Translation. Philippians 4 verse 6, the Amplified. I didn't put that in my notes, but I can't read verse 7 apart from Verse 6. And we know that verse 6 talks about, right, be anxious for nothing, but in everything or by everything through prayer and supplication, let your request, what, be made known unto God. Then it says in verse 7, and the peace. So we know that and is a conjunction, conjunction word there. It's connecting verse 6 and verse 7 today. Folks, we need to stop worrying so much and start praying more. Right, And I always like to tell people, if you're going to worry, then don't pray. But, I, man, but listen, if you're going to pray about it, then don't worry about it. And then look at verse 7 out of the Amplified. Here is the end result of internal peace. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Folks, how many know you can have all hell breaking out around you, but if you prayed about it, God can give you peace in the midst of it. And you won't even know. It'll, it'll pass your mind. You, 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 you will think to yourself, I should be going tilt over what's happening to me right now. 
but it's something about that peace of God that it'll keep you steady in the midst of storms. Anybody ever experienced that kind of peace in their lives where it just looked like everything was falling apart, but yet you were okay, and you still had enough guts to tell people that God was on your side, and you know this is going to work out for your good. I can't explain to you what's going on right now or why it's happening, but all I know is I have peace, I know God is good, and I know I'm coming out all right on the other side. Come on, somebody thank God for eternal peace today. Some of you all should have lost your minds over the last 15 15 months. Some of you all should have gone crazy with all that's happened in our world over the last 15 months, but you haven't. You're still here today, and you know what you can give credit to for that? The Lord God Almighty, because he left you with his peace in the midst of everything that we've been facing in this life. Folks, I came to tell you today that everything is not going to be all right. Everything is already all right. Somebody ought to thank God. Somebody ought to give God glory for that. I have God's peace. I have it horizontally. I have it vertically. I have it eternally. God's peace trumps anything that this life would try to throw at me. Let her be. The risen Savior has given us great proof. Notice what he said in verse 20. When he had said this, he showed, John 20, 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. He showed them his hands and his side. Now, something I want to note here, our resurrected bodies will be perfect in the sense of bearing any scars. When we receive our resurrected bodies, the scripture says that we will be as he was in the earth. And roughly about the age of 33 is when he left. I mean, I don't mind eternally living at 33 for the rest of my life. But in this context here, he, the scars are in his body, and the, 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 it's in his body because he wants to demonstrate to them that he is who he said he is. And he has done what he said he was going to do. I want to look at Luke's account of this. Go with me to Luke chapter 24, verses 39 through 43. How many know sometimes all four of the disciples or those that are given an account of what happened, they all saw the same thing, but they saw different aspects of it based off of their gifting and how they receive information. And so what I love about it is that when you read all the accounts, you kind of get a full picture of what actually happened. It's no different with us. I mean, if something happened in this room and I asked four people what happened, you'll get four different stories of the same event. And how I many know it's all truth to the people telling the story because they're seeing it based off of the way they see things. Notice what Luke said here in Luke 24, 39, 40 through 43. He says, behold my hands and my feet that it is I. I myself handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? Now, some of you all were wondering. I don't know how I can spend eternity in heaven without food. How many of y'all was thinking that? Tell the truth. Well, we, what are we going to do if it's nothing to eat? Folks, we will eat in heaven. Now, there's a group in here that's saying, now, uh, what about dessert? There's <laughs> no way I'm spending eternity without something sweet. Raise your hand if you're sitting out there thinking like that right now. So, Jesus knew you were thinking like that, so he's getting ready to show you not only is he going to eat food, He's going to have some dessert with it. Let's keep reading. Showed them his hands and his feet, but while they did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of fried fish. <laughs> what does that say? What kind of fish did they give you? Should give you some insight how to eat your food. I need a little bit of amen in here. Jesus is indicating to us broiled is better than fried. No amens on that. Then he said, and some honeycomb. 
Now, if you study that, you'll see that is literally honey from the comb. So Jesus wanted something sweet after his meal. I don't know about you. I always need something sweet after my meal. So y'all want to act like that today? Some of y'all eat the sweets before you eat your meal. Is that? She's back there shaking her head. Yes. All right. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and he ate it in their what? Presence. Notice when the disciples, according to Luke's account, when they saw him and they saw the nails in his hand and in his feet, they marveled for joy, the scripture says. Even though they were vacillating between, is this really him? How many know joy was kicking into their hearts? And so what the Lord is showing us here is the more we gaze at our resurrected Savior, the more joy we'll experience in our lives. We spend too much time gazing at our crucified Savior. We don't spend enough time gazing at our resurrected Savior. And the more time you spend gazing at your resurrected Savior, the more joy you will have in your life. Go with me to Psalms number 16, and let's read stanza 11 out of the New King James Version and then out of the Passion Translation. Notice what the New King James Version says. You will show me the path of life. How many know it is God's heart to show you his will, path, and direction for your life? But notice where it's found. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How do we get into the presence of God? We just did it this morning through praise and worship. How many know every time you spend your devotion time and you get in the word of God, you're in the presence of God? And the end result is that anytime you are worshiping God in devotion to God, you're in the Word, you're in prayer. Prayer is another way to get into the presence of God. How many know the immediate thing that should hit you is the joy of God? You should immediately begin to express joy because God will show you things about your life and he will show you things to come. He'll show you that what you're in right now is not the end result. You're going through it. How I many know that is the key phrase? You're going through it. You didn't come to, to rest there. How I many know you came so that it could pass in your life? Or it came so that it could pass in your life. Look at the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation reads that same verse this way. For you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life. The path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. Folks, you are missing out on some of the greatest joys in life if you don't get up every day and spend time in his presence. See, a lot of times you're getting towards the middle of your day and you're asking yourself, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? You shouldn't then ask yourself, did I get into his presence today? Did I spend any time in the word? Have I spent any time in praise and worship? Did I get my prayer time in? Now, I mean, it's going to impact how your day goes when you don't spend time in his presence. More you gaze at your resurrection, resurrected Savior, the more joy you should experience in your life. Let us see. The risen Savior has given us great purpose. The risen Savior has given us great purpose. Look at John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, peace to you. First, he said, peace be with you. Now he's speaking peace directly to them. He says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now he's reaffirming their marching orders. Now, how many of you know he's giving them some directives here? He said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. All students of the Bible there should ask themselves the question, well, then how did the Father send Jesus? Because if he's sending me the way he sent Jesus, then I need to understand how he sent Jesus so I can understand how he's sending me. Now, let me show you and prove to you he's not just talking to the disciples. He's also talking to us as well. Let's back up into John chapter 17. Media department, get verse 20 for me uh, as well. I did not give that to you earlier. I'm going to read John chapter 17, verse 18. Then I'll drop down and read verse 20. Let's read John chapter 17, verse 18. In Jesus' final prayer 
for his disciples. Notice what he says in verse 18. He says, Father, as you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Now, drop down to verse 20, and I'll show you how that applies to us, not just to the uh, disciples that he's praying for. It also applies to us as well. Verse 20 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And so how did we believe in the Father? Through Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10 that Paul penned. Hello, somebody. We believe God today because of what the disciples and the apostles left for us. And so he's literally speaking generations down the road when he's talking to the disciples that I'm sending you the same way the Father sent me. Now, I'm getting ready to challenge you online, and I'm getting ready to challenge you in this room. I'm so glad he was willing to risk his life for me that I will live the rest of my life risking it for him. I'm glad he didn't let the pressure of the time, hello somebody, cause him to say, maybe I need to take a year and a half off. No, he faced it because he had you and me on his mind. Now let's look at how God sent him into the world. And I'm telling you, listen to me, hold me accountable to this. There's nothing that will ever happen in this earth that will stop me from following these commands. I don't care what they say. I am going to obey God to the end. And if I die, then let me die on this island, but not on your island. Come on, I need a little better amen in here. I said I need a little better amen in there. But I've got enough sense to know that if God is on my side, what can man do unto me? Let's look at this. What was Jesus sent to do by the Father? I promise you, you're getting ready to be challenged. So if you came to church to be comfortable today, it's probably your time to put that finger up. <laughs> Might be the time to go to the restroom because you're getting ready to be challenged. At what point do we ever stop following the commander-in-chief's words? When do we give more credence to what anybody else said over what he said? What did the Father send Jesus to do? Because he's, what he sent him to do is the same thing he's sending us to do. First thing here, what was the Father sending Jesus to do? Number one, to do the Father's will. Look at John chapter 4, verse 34, New King James Version. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Folks, what is the will of God for your life? The will of God for your life is the word of God. Find out what God's word said about your situation. Do that. And I mean, oh, you will be blessed all the days of your life. If you're not married in here, find out what God's word says about marriage. Make that the will of God for your marriage, and you will have a blessed marriage. It won't be without challenges, but I mean, no, the blessing is built into it when you do his will. Before you have children, find out what God's will is for having children. Before you start dishing out money, find out what God's will is for money. Before you do anything, find out what God said about it. Do that, and you will be blessed. So he said here, he came to do the Father's will, so we should do the Father's will. Number two, speak the Father's words. John chapter 3, verse 34 says, New King James Version, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. How I many know, say what God said about your situation. I don't care what's going on in the world. By his stripes, I am healed. I don't care what's going on in the, word, uh, in the world. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Folks, I don't care what's going on in the world. God is on my side. Say what God said. Number three, do the works of the Father. 
John chapter 5, verse 34 and 36, Passion Translation reads, I have no need to be validated by men. Folks, I could park right there. If you're going to do anything for God, then you must be free from the opinions and needing to be validated by people because people are wishy-washy. They will support you one day and talk about you the next day. They will love you one day and stab you in the back. If you need to be validated by people to do anything, then you will not last doing anything for God because they always will have something to say. I like to say opinions are like butts. Everybody has one. But the reality is until you've done what somebody else has done, you need to keep your mouth shut and do what you can do. Come on, somebody. Stop needing validation from people. You can't do anything for God if you need people to validate you. Jesus said, I have no need to be validated by men, but I'm saying these things so that you will believe and be rescued. But I can provide a more substantial proof of who I am that even exceeds John's testimony. What is that, Jesus? My miracles. See, what Jesus is telling us, you will know a fruit or tree by the fruit that it bears. Stop listening to what people tell you about themselves. Watch what they do. Look at what their life produces because that will tell you everything you need to know about their connection to God. You don't have to prove anything. Jesus said, the work that I does, it confirms that God is in me and I am in the Father. These works which the Father destined for me to complete, they prove that the Father has sent me. Ladies, stop listening to everything some guy tells you. Watch what he does. Well, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm going to build this. We're going to do that. I'm going to take over. Well, do it first and then come back and talk to me. Folks, we believe too much of what people say. And we need to start looking at what their life is producing. You will know. You don't have to follow to see if I got off or something. You will know because he will no longer support me. And it will be evident. Things will go this way. No more fruit will be produced. I have learned now at 53 years of age, I don't listen to what people say. I watch what they do. And actually, when they talk too much, it's a red flag. Come on, I need a little bit better amen in here today. Pastor, I got your back. Oh, I'll take a bullet for you, Pastor. Oh, oh Pastor, I'm going to be there for you. Soon as life hit. That's why you want to be careful putting out statements. Just be the statement. Come on, I need a little better amen in here today. Come on, say, I need no validation from people. God validates me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I need no validation from people. God validates me. Now, God will send people to confirm what he said about you. Right? I wouldn't be pastoring Linked Up Church today if it wasn't for Frederick K.C. Price. God had that man call me and confirm what God called me to do. Right? Because I wasn't getting ready to go out here on my own and just do something. Hello, somebody. I would have never done that. I would not have pastored a church not being under somebody's authority. I mean, that's a red flag when can't nobody tell you what to do. You're just out here all on your own doing what you want to do the way you want to do it, how you want to do it. And everybody else got to deal with it. God had him call me and say, what has God called you to do? And how can I help you do it? Because I witnessed firsthand the fruit from your life. And folks, how many of you know that lifted me? Because I knew God had used him to confirm what he called me to do. 
online. Get a revelation of that. Stop people pleasing. Because you just can't keep pleasing them. It's impossible to be what they want you to be all the time. So stop trying. Anybody getting anything out of this today? I'm y'all glad you came to church today. Stop trying, man. If you love me, praise God. Guess what, though? If you don't, praise God. Because I love me. And God loves me. Hello, somebody. Put your arms around yourself and say, God loves me. And I love me, too. Squeeze yourself real tight, man. Just love on yourself. Glory to God. Validate yourself. Glory to God. You can do the business. You got the goods. Step on out there. God didn't give you the idea without the ability to accomplish it. Come on, somebody. Don't be afraid. God's on your side. That was a word for somebody. You can do what he called you to do. You can do it. So do the works of the Father. Number four, bring salvation to the world. Part of doing the works of the Father is serving the Father. Every member of Linked Up Church should be on a dream team. See that? See that? I knew. That's why I waited. Because I already knew. I said every member of Linked Up Church should be on a dream team. There's no way a church this size cannot start its second service because it does not have enough people to help. There's no way that should be our story. Has God been good to anybody in this building? I asked the question online, has God been good to anybody? See, then, then that should be a immediate response to want to do something for him. What point do we stop doing that? I'm challenging you right now. We kept coming live every week because the commander didn't tell us to stop. But, but listen to it. A lot of people give Joel and Patricia Gregory credit for that. But I want to tell you all about a group of people who I think are as important as Joel and Patricia Gregory. And that's the people. It's about 50 people. We didn't close prayer on Saturday either. It's been about 50 people for a year and a half that prayed us through this. And somebody ought to lift their hands and thank God for those prayer warriors. What's interesting about this group of people, they don't have titles. They don't have leadership positions within the church. They just love God. One of them was an elderly lady. She came over to me and she said, Pastor, I believe this is my assignment. To pray this church through this season. Man, I almost, you know, you can't hug people. But I wanted to just hug her. No titles, no leadership positions. But guess where these people have a title at? In heaven. Guess where they have a real leadership position? In heaven. And guess who will remember who helped Linked Up Church get through this season? Those 45 to 50 people that never stopped coming to prayer on Saturday mornings. See, we want God to be available for us, but we don't want to be available for God. I told you you'd be challenged today. Not condemned, but challenged. Then there's a second layer of people. And you ought to give these folks a standing ovation. I cannot minister without people back there running a soundboard, without people working cam cameras. I said, man, you ought to, boy, you ought to, man, listen. Man, you ought to just shake something and stomp and run and shout, spit. Without linked up nursery workers, linked up kids workers, without the plug volunteers, without media volunteers, camera volunteers, sound volunteers. We get none of this done without people willing to risk their lives for other people. And folks, this church will not run the way God designed for it to run if we're going to wear out 25 people doing the work of hundreds 
Because others won't make themselves available. But we want God to be available for us. We never stop working because Jesus never stopped working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need a little better amen. Online, I want you to just type in, thank God for the prayer warriors, the prayer team. Thank God for the dream team. In this room, when you walk past somebody and you see them serving, thank them. Because they kept linked up church open. We could have came up here to preach, but if you didn't have those volunteers, no one would have saw anything. And I pray that God rewards you, media, praise team. I forgot to say them, volunteers, praise team. Thank God for the music department. Come on, somebody. Come on, thank God for the music department. Come on, somebody, thank God for the music department. I said, somebody, thank God for the music department. It's not just all preaching, folk. It's the preaching and music. Thank you all, music department. Thank you. This church, this church just soared over that whole thing. Not because Joel and Patricia are great, because Joel and Patricia get to serve volunteers that are great. And if it wasn't for them, there would be no us. Thank you. But for some of you others, it's time. What you waiting on? I just read it for you. What if he would have just took some time off? Thank God he didn't. Can we just thank Jesus for not taking time off? I said, can we thank Jesus for not taking time off? Come on, I said, can we thank Jesus for risking his life so that we could have life? Not just have life, but have it in abundance. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, now, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I mean, you know, the word will bring conviction. And when it convicts you, you need to respond to it. And then finally, we have an assignment to bring salvation to the world. There's a hurting world out there that needs what we have. John chapter 3, verse 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, confirmation, but to be its savior and to rescue or deliver, protect, heal, preserve, cause to do well and make whole this world. It's a Greek word there, sozo. Jesus came to save it, not condemn it. But how many know if anybody gets saved today, it's because the people that serve him are using their voices to tell people the good news. Hello, somebody. I'm so tired of just going to church and not impacting a whole city. It's time for us to take what we learn in here and impact the city that God's called us to. And then the surrounding cities. And then the state. Folks, I don't want linked up church to be famous. I want Jesus to be famous. Famous for getting more people saved, more people healed, more people delivered. Come on, more people rescued through that church than any other church I've ever seen or witnessed in my life. Letter D, the risen Savior has given us great power. And I'm just going to come on down the home stretch now. I'm two minutes over my clock. The risen Savior has given us great power. And when he has said this, John chapter 20, verse 22, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens here is a lot of people think he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but he's not. And so over the years, what you've had a lot of people do is take that verse and they blow on people for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's not what he's talking about here. How many of y'all know Jesus is still with them? So the disciples believed on him while he was there, but now he's getting ready to leave, 
How many know now they need his spirit on the inside of them to carry out what he's called them to do? So what he's literally doing is giving them salvation and putting his spirit on the inside of them. And I wish I had time to walk you through that today. But that's really reality what's going on. Christianity is a living person living in a living person. I'll say that again. Christianity is a living person living in a living person. His presence within you, folks, God engineered man so that the presence of the Holy Spirit within the human spirit allows mankind to function the way God intended. I mean, you can't function the way God intended without his spirit living on the inside of you, right? His personality within you. The reason Jesus lives in us is to occupy our whole being so that others will see his likeness. So when they come in contact with us, we're supposed to act like him and not us. How I many know we shouldn't push people away from him? We should draw people to him. All right, and so I'm going to go by, give you all a homework assignment. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 through 20. Also, I want you to read Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 23, but I want you to read it out of the, the Passion Translation because the Holy Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit is the character of God. And the more you develop that in your life, the more you will look like Christ to other people. Right? For the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, long-suffering. Anytime we demonstrate those fruits, I mean, we are introducing Jesus to other people, especially when they know they would have slapped somebody in the same situation. Right? When we operate in long-suffering, we're showing them there's a better way. Study those for yourself. How many of y'all did your homework assignment from last week? Look at that. Praise God. Let's give all of them a big round of applause. Praise God. I want to tell you all a little secret here. My best friend is a guy named George Davis, and our pastor at that time, Bishop Keith Butler, would give ministry assignments. And I remember one time he gave this major ministry assignment. He came back in the room. He read a verse that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. And he asked the ministers, don't lie. How many of you all did the assignment? Only two people raised their hands. And it was Joel Gregory and George Davis. And it's interesting to see what Joel Gregory is doing for God today and what George Davis is doing for God today. It's interesting. It's an interesting thing. All I'm telling you is anytime you get a homework assignment, do it. Because there's something in it for you. Okay, so I want you to go back, study those scriptures. I'm just going to wrap us up for today, okay? Letter E, the risen Savior has given us a great proclamation. You'll see all of the notes there. John chapter 20, verse 23 says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Let me explain to you what that means. The Catholic Church or the Roman Catholic Church, which I'm very versed in. I went to Catholic schools all of my life, and so except three years, and so I'm very versed in this. And what the Roman Catholic Church does, they use John 2020 to support, and this is a false teaching that I just want to make everyone aware of. They interpret it to mean that ordained priests have the authority to forgive or retain sins, right? The sins of people contingent on private confessions and penance. So as a kid, I would go in that little room and, and say, tell the father I stole the pencil from the teacher's room. Literally, he's on the other side, right? Or I, whatever I did, I, I must have did that. This is how my mother would always say, boy, you really have a heart for God. I think I went in that room uh, a thousand times between the first and the fourth grade. Father, I'm sorry, I'm back again. <laughs> Anybody come from that, right? So much so, his name was Father Leo. Uh, we, we developed a great relationship <laughs> because we talked all the time, right? And so, but I want to debunk that scripturally, and, and I'll do it quickly. The base of this doctrine is based off of what's called apostolic secession. So through Peter and the popes, their distinction between clergy and laity is that they are higher than the laity. I mean, you know, in, in the kingdom, everybody's equal, regardless of your title, right? And I'm going to go through this very quickly, right? But this is the distinction that they make. Penance means confession with the intent to amend, and then you can be forgiven. So you can 
confess, then you have to make amendment or uh, uh, intent to amend, and then God will forgive you. So you have to confess to a man, state what it is you're going to do to amend that. So I stole the pencil. I'm going to give the pencil back to the teacher, and then God can forgive me. Do you all see how that works? All right, and then watch this. All of that is um, necessary for a person to be forgiven. Now, I'm going to go through these quickly. Let me show you scripturally why that is wrong, and you never have to go to a man. You don't have to confess your sins to a man ever. And I'm out of time because your sins have actually been forgiven. Somebody y'all thank God for that. Okay, let me just give you a few verses, okay? 1 Timothy 2, 5. Uh, New King James Version says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Father Leo. Now, what is the man's name? What is the man's name? How many mediators are there between me and God? Just one. What's his name? All right, you got it, all right? Hebrews 4 says we have direct access. Again, study this outline. That's why we give it to you. Number two, only God can forgive sin, not man. So how many know the father didn't have nothing for me? That's why I kept doing it and had to go in there every week. All right. And the scribes and the Pharisees, Luke 5, 21, began to reason, saying, who is he who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but who? God alone. Right. Then there's no biblical example of the apostles forgiving or retaining the sins of anyone. Right. You can read in Acts chapter 10. You all remember the house of Cornelius. Salvation came to his entire house. In Acts chapter 10, verse 43, when Peter ministered to them, he said to him and all the prophets that witnessed that through his name, Jesus' name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. The word remission means forgiveness of sin. So notice Peter or none of the apostles says, in me you will receive forgiveness of sins. It said in him. So nowhere in the New Testament, Acts of the Apostles, will you ever see men forgiving anyone of their sins. It's always through him. Last example is in Acts chapter 8. You all might remember Simon the sorcerer, right? Saw Peter laying hands on people, and he wanted that gift. He said, let me give you money so that when I lay hands on people, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him in verse 23, Acts chapter 8, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right with God. So how I many know we can judge people, right? I'm sorry. We can judge the actions of people, but we don't judge people. Watch this. Look at what he says. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness and pray God, not me, if perhaps you thought of your heart may be forgiven you. So he's showing them, Simon the sorcerer, that if you pray to God, God is the only one that can forgive you of your sins, not me. Do you all see that? So if that were true, then we would see the acts or the apostles forgiving people of their sins. Everybody clear on that? just wanted to take the time to walk you through that because a lot of times we can't defend what it is that we believe. So let's close. Our mission, folks, let's all stand to our feet. Our mission, now our commander-in-chief, third thing he said to his disciples was peace be with you. How I many know Jesus is that peace that wants to be with us? And so what is our mission? We must proclaim forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name to all who believe. So all he's saying to us is that we have the authority to tell people that your sins have already been forgiven and God loves you, right? We also have the authority to tell people that when they reject that, that they're still in their sins. Everybody clear on that? It's not that deep, okay? So now our mission is to proclaim forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name to all who believe that mission is possible because the risen Savior has equipped us by giving us great peace Great proof, a great purpose, great power, and a great proclamation. Now, the thing is, will we do what he commanded us to do? I still believe that the church, the local church, is the hope of the world. The only thing God can get done in this earth is what his people are willing to act on and do for him. Other than that, God can't do anything in the earth unless we pray and we are willing to go. Now, 
everyone in the room, I just want you to lift your hands to the Father. And I just want you to search your hearts online, right where you're watching from. I want you to take a few moments to just search your heart and see where you are on your journey with God. Do you have a relationship with him? Do you need to come back to him? Have you been attending church long enough? And is it time for you to serve? You can take step four today. Where are you on your journey? Where are you in these commands that God literally came back after his death, burial, and resurrection to make sure that we understood so that we would carry out these things until his final return? Where are you on your journey? Just talk to the Father. Locate yourself. And while you're in that process online, is it time to come back? Is it time to start serving again? I'm not putting any pressure on you one way or the other, but listen to the Holy Spirit. I can tell you the safest place to be is in the will of God and in the house of God. There's no way I'm going to trust my job, the gym, and anywhere else more than I trust God's house. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer online and in the building today, I know the Holy Spirit convicted your heart today. I know the Holy Spirit encouraged your heart today. I know the Holy Spirit loved on you today in a great and mighty way. And now God has given you an opportunity to make a decision about what you heard today. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, allow me to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. I just, I got away from God. And today I want to rededicate. I want to come back to Christ. If that's you, I want to pray with and for you today. Maybe you're out here and you don't have a church home. And the Holy Spirit has convicted you that this is where he wants you to join, both you and your family. My wife and I, the staff, will be so happy to receive you. We will pray for you every single day of our lives. And every time you come in this building, just like today, we'll make sure that you get the word and the word only. And even online, if you want to join today, every time you come watch, we will make sure that you get the Word of God. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. I gave three invitations today. First was to give your life to God, have a personal relationship with God through Christ Jesus. Second was to return to God, rededicate your life, come back to Him. Third is to join Linked Up Church. Don't put off to tomorrow what the Holy Spirit is convicting you about today. So if you want to give your life to God, you want to get saved today, you want to come back to Christ, or you want to join this church, I want to pray for you, but I'll only know that you desire my prayers online and in the room by the lifting up of your hand. So if you want me to pray for you, would you shoot your hand up in the air right now? Just lift it up and keep it up as high as you possibly can. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young lady. God bless you up in the balcony. God bless you, young man. God bless you, young lady. Thank you for your obedience today. Anyone else today, God loves you, and we love you too. If you have your hand raised right now, I want you to do me one more favor. I want you to gather up all of your personal belongings. Step into the nearest highway. Come meet me right down here at the front. If you didn't raise your hand, but in your heart you know you should have, just gather up all of your personal belongings. Come meet me right down here at the front. Linked Up Church, give them a big round of applause as they come. Come on down now in Jesus' name. want to come down today. Anyone else? Remember, God loves you and we love you too. I would not be concerned about what anyone thinks about me right now. This is between me and God. They don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. Online, I haven't forgotten about you. Anyone else want to come down here today? Anyone else? Remember, God loves you and we love you too. Congratulations to you all. Let's give them another big round of applause. God bless you.
online, you want to give your life to Christ, you want to rededicate your life to Christ, or you want to join Linked Up Church, I want everyone down front, everyone watching online, to just put your hand over your heart, and I want you to repeat this prayer after me, okay? Say it out loud. Say it out of your mouth. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Come on, celebrate with them, Linked Up Church. Celebrate with them. Praise God for that. If you all would, look right to your left. We won't keep you long. We have a socially distanced area where we're going to show you from the Word of God what you came down for. You felt God touch your heart, didn't you? He's real. He's real. Go ahead, follow them right now. They're going to demonstrate more of that. God bless you. Thank you for your obedience today. Online, there's some information on the screen. If you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, Text Get Connected to the number that is on your screen. Our ministry team, they will follow up with you and help you take your next step. But for you, that is your next step. Please text that number, Get Connected, or text Get Connected to that number on the screen. We want to follow up with you and help God finish what he started in your heart today. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.